0: Today, I want you to open your mind, open your mind to the possibility that one day we will make contact with an intelligent civilization in outer space.
1: We have in our possession a flying saucer, it's being flown to higher headquarters. There is a lie being told to everyone.
2: There there are extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor... You believe are we alone in their life after death? This is the very Normal Show. Introducing Marple Man and your host, Sarah Martinez.
3: everyone thank you for joining us on another paranormal friday night on the paranormal show for february 10th with your host Bill martinez
0: and marfa
3: man and special co-host tonight miss baby snakes hey how you doing good how are you tonight good thanks for having me you're so welcome <laughs> We're excited to have you. We, we've been wanting you all along, but you're always busy working. So yeah, I finally. think she's only been
0: to the show maybe once and she didn't say that much.
3: No. That's not true. I've been around. <laughs> <laughs> so we are live from Austin, Texas, powered by Blog Talk Radio.
0: Uh, the Veranormal Show can also be listened to on demand at blogtalkradio.com slash veranormal.
3: And you can also find us on iTunes. So guys, we have a very interesting show and a wonderful guest tonight who is willing to share her experience about alien abduction. So I want to remind everyone, if you have any comments or questions, please give us a call. The number is 818-532-9739. Again, the number is 818-532-9739. All right, guys, so how was your week?
0: It was good. I'm healing. Yeah. I'm healing. Has your rib,
3: was it broken after all? Yes. It uh, was?
0: Well, no, uh, <laughs> I, uh, that happened Thursday, we did the show Friday, mm-hmm. and then on Sunday, the, for whatever reason, the pain just kicked in, but the ironic thing of it all was, is I was slow-cooking ribs on Sunday for Super Bowl.
3: <laughs> oh, come on.
0: And the pain got so bad that we went to the urgent care.
3: <laughs> really? Yeah. What's the way they do? Uh, Nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, basically, there's nothing yeah. they can do. They gave you basically just painkillers. They gave
2: us
0: some, some painkillers, which I haven't really uh, taken yet. But uh, I missed uh, the whole Super Bowl. We missed the whole Super Bowl. And we were having both of our parents over. Her parents ended up coming over. Baby Snakes' parents ended up coming over. But, uh, yeah, it didn't make for a good night. So, Patriots uh,
3: lost, right? Yeah, which is awesome. I'm a Giants fan, so. They're
0: all Giants fans. Yeah. They're New Yorkers.
3: Who, your family? Yeah, we're... Good. I mean too. I I mean, I knew they were going to win. Yeah. It's just one of those things.
0: I don't know. They were still an underdog.
3: No way. Did you watch it? Not really.
0: <laughs> I was about to say. I was like, what? Are <laughs> you talking sports with me?
3: I mean, I usually do. <laughs> I usually watch the games. and uh, I used to be pretty very into it. But um, Who's your team?
1: Uh, I like the Colts.
3: Yeah, do? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's weird, because uh, that's where they were playing, was Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So you like Peyton Manning? I do. I've met Peyton Peyton. Yeah? Yeah, not really. I saw him. <laughs>
3: oh, he's really smart. He's a really smart guy. We
0: should do a sports show. I uh, no. You want to just go on <laughs> some sports? All right. <laughs>
3: um, anyway, have you have you found any other crazy YouTube videos? Like the ones you showed me last time, you showed me this oh, super creepy video. Um, it was called strange sounds or something. Give me goosebumps everywhere and
0: I played it for baby snakes. She listened to it. It is weird. I have a confession. What? I was gonna get a hold of you and I didn't. On Saturday, last Saturday, mm-hmm. me and Baby Snakes had a uh, a late evening, and got home, and I heard strange stuff in the skies, and I recorded them with my phone.
3: What, where do you? Why did you send it to me?
0: Because I could have I could have it tonight. What I what I hear on the phone is not what I heard. It, well, it didn't come out. Yeah, at it will all. never
3: do. I I heard some sounds by the lake, too. Um, I've been hearing them quite a few. No. But it sounded like like somebody working on a boat, like okay. a really loud, like drilling.
0: Okay, like, I've been hearing that.
3: But you You live far away from me, so it makes no sense. To me, it was always coming from the lake, somebody maybe working on a boat. But it was really loud, and it echoed. Um, and I tried to record it, and every time I tried to record it, it would stop. <laughs> I never caught it.
0: The aliens are like, nope.
3: (laughs) And uh, What are aliens? (laughs) I don't know what they are. Okay.
0: What I heard constant Mm -hmm. at three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. on Saturday Mm -hmm. was, you know, the sound of like when a fire, when a firework gets launched into the air and it makes that poof noise before Mm -hmm. the explosion, like before it, it it like shines. Mm -hmm. I heard it, Vera, for over an hour.
3: Oh, wow. Left
0: and right. And it wasn't thunder. And I will I'll play it for you.
3: Yeah, okay. Um, maybe we'll, um I'll be able to download it and play it next next Friday. It sounds like wind on my phone. But for for all of you guys out there listening, uh all you gotta do is go to YouTube. I'm sure some of you have already heard it. You can just type strange sounds. Oh, and, and sky there's a bunch or, of Texas ones. Um yeah. Amarillo They're really creepy. I don't know. I could not continue looking. They're just they're creepy. I don't know what they are 'cause it reminds me of
0: Um, uh, War of the Worlds.
3: Yeah. It's just creepy.
0: Well, it's going to be a good year.
3: Have you found anything else? Any UFOs? Any?
0: I have. Anything we're watching? However, my UFO stuff is currently located downstairs.
3: Oh, that's wonderful.
0: Uh, There's been uh, numerous sightings in Russia going on right now. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, if people want to uh, go Google it, there is some some weird some weird footage actually out there Reason. on YouTube. Yeah, like new yesterday. Stuff.
3: Okay. Oh.
2: Yeah.
3: Okay. Um, well, we need to have a a new section called Crazy YouTube Video of the Week or something. Yeah. I like it. Because you're yes. always finding stuff. You're the one who's you know showing me all these crazy okay. videos. Okay. Um, and then we'll, I mean, obviously, we can play them right now. because... This is audio. No, we can
0: direct people to it, but yeah, yeah YouTube is a point big source. can post
3: them on Facebook, and then people can, look, you can watch them. them on your site, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On that note, how about you tell us our weekly Weird But True.
2: Weird But True.
0: Yeah. All right, here's your weekly dose of Weird But True with Marfa Man. This is a whale of a tail. <laughs> a 40-foot whale shark uh, brought into harbor of uh, Pakistan, on actually came into Pakistan. It, was, it, it died. It came up upon shore 40 feet long this two, uh, yesterday, two days ago. Um, uh, it was unconscious, dead. The whale shark carcass was later. How much would you pay for a dead 40-foot whale? Would you pay? I wouldn't. Um, well, why? Why
3: would it want one?
0: Oh, someone paid 1.7 million rupees, which is nineteen thousand dollars for us. What was that?
3: I don't know. Hello. No okay. kidding. I thought you were doing the crickets or, <laughs> no. or something. All right. That was the dead shark carcass. <laughs> that was a,
0: yeah. That was a whale. All right. Um, whale sharks are the world's largest fish, often growing over to forty feet greater in length. Nevertheless, long-time fisherman Alan Ammons warns that getting too close to whales, uh, whale sharks might not be a good idea. He says that uh, they are gentle, but people remember that they are wildlife animals, and feeding them could pose more harm than good. Feeding them? Who would feed a 40-foot whale shark?
3: What do you feed them?
0: When you see them?
3: Yeah, what do you
0: feed them? A dog? A car?
3: No, a dog. All
0: right. <laughs> hey, hey i want to end this by saying, well, okay. <laughs>
2: All right,
0: moving on to, same, same stuff, sea creatures. Um, uh, something that looks very much like a giant snake or worm is slithering its way out of Iceland and causing viral speculation around the internet. It's like a Loch Ness Monster. What's the Loch Ness Monster, Loch Ness Monster is in Scotland, but this is in Iceland. And it's lake, I cannot pronounce this, laser <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's got some J's <laughs> and some F's in it. Okay. All right, 25 miles long, 367 feet deep in eastern Iceland uh, has been called home to the local legendary beast called and uh, I don't know if I can say this uh, Lagerflatsorimnum Okay. That. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. That's a I lot of... Laugh. Yeah. Uh, a man captured something on video. So again, people can check this out on YouTube as well. Um uh at first glance it appears like a snake like or worm like mm-hmm. like thing swimming mm-hmm. in cold water. Okay. Um it's I have watched this. It's weird. Um it seem. it does seem like the video is tweaked but it's I don't think it is. It the, the 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 worm thing looks robotic. And I'll read on. The alleged beast is a little different from reports of uh Nessie, which is what's the uh the Scotland uh, Loch Ness monster is called, uh which is supposedly has a large dinosaur-like body with fins, a long neck, tail, and a head that resembles a horse. Hmm. It's like an aquatic long. Is that a horse. photo you have? Mm-hmm. Look at that.
3: Oh well, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, you gotta watch the video. Cause it's pretty weird. Um, okay. uh What this guy says from the uh, museum in Portland is, "What concerns me the most is the robotic look of the creature." Okay. Uh, the Iceland, uh, the Iceland Lake Monster, which dates back to this is this is how long it's been. 1345, they've been seeing this thing. Mm-hmm. 1345. You don't hear of anything from the 1300s. Right, right. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. 1345 yeah. has been described... What are you going to say?
3: Besides fossils.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Here we go. Wait, well, she is named Baby Snakes. We have an aquatic creature
3: <laughs> oh with us
0: God. this evening. Um, <laughs> this thing has been described as pale, humped animal, about 50 feet long, spreading whiskers on its head. At the end of a six foot long horse neck.
2: Ew. Yeah.
0: And, uh, so yeah, real, fake, either way, it sounds slimy, but you guys can check it out on YouTube.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Did you know snakes aren't slimy? (laughs)
0: Your name's baby snakes. No. Did you, did you wiki that? Wiki that? What do you it? No.
3: Have you ever held a snake?
0: No, I am terrified of
3: snakes. Yeah, how about you? Mm, yeah, I like, yeah. have. They're not slimy. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Yeah, Okay,
0: I've been uh, wanting to tell you guys about this one. Uh, Brewski Space Beer. Um, on November 18th, I've been kind of waiting to like shed this one to you guys, but Natural Light became the first beer launched into space. Thanks to the efforts of Facebook fans Danny and Rich. No last names provided. Uh, The two men approached the company with an idea. Natural light said, go for it. Let's just know when you shoot it off. The entire flight took about two hours, and the spacecraft named the Aluminum Falcon. Like, you know, like a ripoff of the Millennium (laughs) Falcon. That's not my joke. Don't give me that drum. (laughs) All right. It reached an altitude of 90,000 feet. The aluminum falcon was a styrofoam cooler containing a vacuum-sealed full can of Natty Light, which is the worst beer out there. For all you college people out there, that's what you drink, I understand. Um, but uh, attached to the craft was a tracking device, a video camera, and an empty can of beer for decoration. While Natty Light might have been the first beer launched in space, it's not the first that was created um, from barley grown there in 2008 japanese uh, brewery sapporo me and baby snakes have had sapporo when we have sushi mm-hmm. uh made beer using barley grown on the international space station astro engine uh, however the beer was not consumed at the iss drinking beer in space results in wet burps due to carbonation and zero gravity so a little knowledge for you there um sounds good uh Baby Snake said that uh, she heard that it uplifts you when you drink it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) At least I didn't get the crickets. (laughs) Hey,
0: they were going to send more beers on the rocket when they launched it, but I heard there was not enough space. Oh, boy. I'm being told. All right. Um, Love in the Elevator.
3: Ooh.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Going down. Now that
3: Valentine's Day is coming up.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, I can relate to this story. Firefighters rescued a man from a trapped elevator early Monday morning only to see him get stuck in an elevator moments later. Uh, Around 9.15 p.m. Sunday night, the man notified authorities that he was stuck inside the 21st floor elevator of the MiG Continental Continental, Continental Plaza in downtown Chicago. Um, After roughly three hours, firefighters um, managed to free the man from his suspended prison. But when he took another elevator down, the ride became stuck as well. At least he had company the second time around when uh, rescue workers worked to free both the man and another firefighter. Um, Yeah, I actually have you been stuck in an elevator?
3: Oh yes, actually yes, I have have? a story. It was horrible. It it was I was actually in Hawaii uh, in Home Depot, and I, I parked in the second you know story whatever, and I was. I took the elevator. I have my little baby with me, and I went on the elevator. And I was there with an older lady. It was an older lady, me, and a five-month-old lady. Out of nowhere, the elevator just dropped. It felt like, you know, on a roller coaster, your stomach went all the way to your mouth, and it hit something on the bottom. It went all the way to the bottom. And my, my, I remember, well, it was only two. Yeah. Okay. But uh, at the same time, it it wasn't, it wasn't fun. My knees hurt so bad. And my, my worst fear. From just compacting to the ground. Yeah. Well, my, my, the worst fear is, okay, now what? Now we're stuck. Nobody's opening. I was just expecting the smoke starting to come in from some electrical fire and I was just seeing myself that, okay, we're going to die. That's it. And my baby's crying hysterically. Well, they called the fire department and it took them quite a while. We were stuck there for about four hours and it seemed oh, like really? an eternity. It seemed forever. They, they couldn't take from us from out. They they got a tool, some sort of loud, I don't remember what it was. which was just really loud. They finally opened the door and I remember... We had to, I mean, we were all the way to the bottom. I didn't realize the elevator has, like, um, I don't know, four feet below. Mm-hmm. So the entrance, you know, oh, you, when the, the door opened, we can see the wall like, halfway. So, like, they had to pull us out of there, basically. Yeah, it was a load. And we were just sweating and dehydrated a little bit. And it was just, I've,
0: oh. Cluster How was the out. other lady? How did she handle
3: it? She was, she was better than me, actually. She was just trying to calm me down and be like, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's probably exciting for her. I don't know.
0: Um, uh, anyway. Real quickly, uh, New Year's. Fireman,
3: uh, you know, outside with it. At least you weren't in there with
0: a pregnant lady. <laughs> uh. What is that? Uh, I always about? see that in movies. Uh, you know what I mean? I like, There's... Okay. Anyway, okay. <laughs> what I was going to say was uh, the New Year's 98 turning into 98, I was in Montreal. Okay. And uh I went down to uh make a phone call mm-hmm. on payphones when people actually use those. Mm-hmm. And we were in uh, a high rise and mm-hmm. it dropped. It dropped. It was packed. It was packed and it dropped. Lights went out and it dropped two floors. Did you
3: experience that too?
0: It yeah, I mean I it I didn't was,
3: know that about you. It was
1: crazy.
0: Yeah, I never I, I haven't really talked about it that, you know, at all, but it dropped. Mm-hmm. Two floors and but the doors opened instantaneously. It went it went bang and the doors opened and guess who was the first person out?
3: What mm,
0: Marf Man? Marf Man. Man <laughs> dove to the ground and. I... I was the first one out of that elevator.
3: Kissing the and, ground. Yeah. What about like everybody
0: we ran else up. got off? But I mean, I couldn't believe it. We all went like six inches off our off the ground. You know, I would dove when that door opened. <laughs> and no one believed me that that happened until the next morning when people were like, "I remember you," you know, and like all my friends were with me, and they're like, oh, no. "You were the one that jumped out of the elevator." I was like, "Yep."
3: Oh. Well, that's kind of embarrassing.
0: Embarrassing.
3: Well, you, I
0: wanted to live. Were
3: you live. Little- <laughs> All right, right, last story. Last
0: story. Um, Let's end with some puppies. This is cool. Oh, uh oh. Um, Two sick dogs from Corpus Christi, Texas, um, made their way to a human hospital and waited patiently in the lobby. They were sick, and they actually walked into a hospital and waited.
1: Um, According
0: to the station, hospital staff treated the pups, and a doctor carried them to a station's van which then transported them to the Gulf Coast Humane Society. Um, the puppy said later that they uh, went to the hospital because they were sick as a dog.
3: Oh, oh my gosh. I, is that for real?
0: It, yeah, everything except what I just said at the end. But, yeah, that is your Weird But True with Marfa man.
3: You have it, everyone. Another strange segment of Weird But True. Please stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We have an awesome guest tonight. Let's take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Welcome back. If you just logged in, we are The Very Normal Show. If you want to check us out, please go to www.verynormal.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. I forgot to tell this next year with, um purple. Oh. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter.
0: <laughs> and I don't see purple.
3: Oh, no. My is colorblind. I forgot to tell no, you No, you're not. He is. We had a whole debate about purple and gray. We had... Five-hour fight about it. But
2: that's this is serious. I
3: thought colorblind was green Bro, and red or he something. He has like saturation problems. I don't know he can't. You you probably alien.
0: Yeah, I'm hybrid.
3: I think so. No, you're not. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> Apparently, I'm reptilian.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby snake. <laughs> so do you? You had a segment you wanted to share with us or not, Not anymore? I think I would rather get to the guest. I think that's yeah. more exciting. We're going to
0: hold it for next time.
3: Okay, um, uh, I saw Little Ninja was on the on the waiting. He He's not um, in the studio with us tonight. For all of our listeners out there, Little Ninja is our tech support. Um, what state is he in? I think he is in uh, North Carolina. Really? Somewhere around there. Cool. Um, he was driving, and he said he was going to call. So if he calls, then I'll just patch him through later. Uh, he was on a minute ago, and now he's gone, so... Um, but anyway, let's get going here. Um, our guest for tonight—oops, having some issues here with my computer. Uh, our guest for tonight lives in Long Island, New York. She presently writes and publishes Chris Hollis' paranormal world. Chris has published on many paranormal sites on the internet and is presently working on a book of her true life story. She hopes her insight into those who have been victims of abductions that is alien abductions will help those who may one day find themselves face to face with this traumatic experience. Everyone, please welcome Miss Chris Holly.
1: Hello. How's everybody? Good. How are hey. you, Chris? Hi, hey, Chris. I'm very fine. I was very interested to hear the first part about you um hearing the sounds because I just wrote an article about that. Are you serious? Uh, I'm serious. I just put the article on up, I think, last night, very late last night. So I'm sure you didn't see it. <clears throat> and the reason I wrote about it is because I just cannot deny it anymore. I get so many emails.
0: What do you think's going, going on? Over
1: the, I can't tell you. The interesting part is, like, I was really interested to hear you, ex- you describe your own sound. <laughs> your sound is not like the other sounds. I'm not sure that description, I, I can fit that into something I, I can relate to. Um, I know what it sounds like when, you know, the, the fireworks are, are exploding, but the sound just before, do you mean like a whistling sound? No, or
0: it wasn't whistling. It was that popping noise that you always hear when a firework goes up, like big firework. And, oh, the
1: I know yes. exactly, now I know what you're talking about. And, and, and ma'am, it, it. it
0: went on, it went on forever. I mean, it okay. was over an hour.
1: Well, well, I'm really curious, since I took and got all the data together and reviewed all these emails, because I put them in like folders, you know, and try to get to them and write about them. And finally, I was trying to sort it out, and I just wrote like an article describing what the people are telling me and leaving it up to everybody to to figure it out. And it depends on where you live It's what I came down to it. If you live in the wilderness, like people from Canada and you'll see YouTube's on it as well, or people in forested parts of um the United States, they report a very organic, frightening, mm-hmm. growling, howling noise that's like an... quite terrifying. Right. If you're writing to me from a city in a, a city area a cement-hard, you know, densely populated area, you're writing and telling me that this mechanical, loud, um, metal-on-metal sound is echoing around, you know, our area and it's driving us crazy and we can't find the source. If you are in suburbia, you're writing in and complaining about the diesel hum noise. Now, that I relate to because I wrote years ago about the hum in my own neighborhood where we would drive around the group that, you know, the neighborhood group, we have like a group watch and look for this noise. It was so annoying. It sounded like a large diesel truck is outside in the street idling, but it would go on for hours and there was no truck. And you could ride for miles, a grid, make a grid of your streets and cover it in miles and not find anything. How long ago was that? um, The last time we heard that was about a year ago. I haven't heard it recently. And I wrote about it and now you're telling me you're hearing something different. There is no explanation, but you cannot deny the fact that all over the world, from all different type of living situations, people are hearing noises and sounds that don't belong there. Yet they cannot find the source of it.
0: And it's picked one up first. quite a bit, especially like in September and, and uh, since September or August, actually, of 11. Mm-hmm. But January was, was a really big month where people are posting left and right of, of these over. sounds.
1: All over and writing and writing to me about it. Not like it. And one email I got from a woman, and she lived in, I think, South Africa. Or was it New Zealand? I'm sorry. It was one or the other. She wrote and said that her theory is now, I don't know how you could possibly connect this. But her theory is that a lot of this has been um, noticed and reported since the world became so wireless and technically um, oriented, and everyone's got a gadget everywhere. And she thinks somehow that these noises must have grown from or sprung from this as our way of life, And the sky and the ground and the earth is reacting to it, and we're hearing these new, ongoing, annoying noises. I I thought it was interesting. I'm telling it to you, but I don't know how the guy up in Canada that heard something howling that would, you know, just make your skin crawl would react to that idea, but it's something to think about. Hey, Chris, um, do you think these are warnings? Now, that's a very good question. I don't know. Um, I don't, I would think a warning may be more um, consistent and similar where these sounds aren't, but who knows? It also could be things that are going on right in front of us or under us or on top of us that we, you know, are not aware of because we're kind of blind, dumb, and, Dent to anything paranormal, <laughs> and that uh, all of a sudden, we decided we do hear something strange. I don't know. All I know is I can't find it. Can you? I no. can't find the source. You know,
3: you, you described it perfectly last week, and that's what I heard, um, but I thought maybe somebody's working on a large, large boat by the lake. I live by the lake, and um, it sounded like metal on metal, and it was echoey, very, very echoey. Um, I couldn't cut it. I couldn't get it on video. Do you, do
1: I, I don't. It's it's a it's a big unknown, and it's going on all over the world. And start to talk to people that you know in your life that have nothing to do with the paranormal and could care less.
3: Yeah, bring yeah.
1: Bring up the the subject. Did you hear that annoying sound or noise? And I will bet you that they will own up to the fact that they did hear it. Mm-hmm. which if you bring it in as a paranormal subject they'll deny it right to their dying day. You're they'll right. Think, You're but right. But if you just ask them, did you hear this that noise and is it an annoying you'll find that more and more people are aware of it. They're just not, you know, connecting it to something that they should care about. They like everything
3: it. else. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. most people are just, you Dismissing. know, caught up in their routines and daily life and they're not paying attention to their surroundings or anything at all. It, um, it
1: could so be, and I just, you know, this just popped into my head, but it could be part of the harp programs
3: mm-hmm. that are going
1: on. It could be part of weather manipulation. It could be part of the chemtrail situation that's all over the world. It wow. could be part and connected to all or, you know, any of those things. We wow. haven't talked
0: about chemtrails in a while, but I'll tell you right now, they are going on left and right here.
3: Crazy.
0: Left and right. It's, it's
3: like, it's and. I'm just.
0: Just gets up. so
3: upset because nobody's talking about him.
0: Because no one really knows. Like they look up and they just see like oh, maybe it's yeah. a jet. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Just whatever. But we know what jet streams are. They fade away real quickly.
1: Those, they stay
0: on they forever
1: and, and, and they keep and going above our heads every day. Yeah, and they're not they're not ice crystals. They're not right fuel exhaust. They're, they're chemicals being sprayed, and they're being sprayed. It, it's a what's frightening to me about the chemtrail situation is that it's completely global and for anything to be completely global, the organization behind it and the amount of money here and money and, and, uh, landing strips and, and places to load the tankers of these things. It has to be such an organized, massive, you know, mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, um, not just American or Canadian or South American. It's worldwide somehow connected through either governments or something else, a program that is without question frantically spraying, I, I would imagine, for our benefit to provide something that's desperately needed to keep us going. What do you think planet. it is?
0: Is it, is it weather control? I mean, well, what, what do you speculate it, that it is?
1: I read an article from us in um, actually it was in a medical journal from somebody that did not put their name on it, and he had the same view with other places that I've read. They they say that it's probably being used for few, few different things, and one is weather manipulation, two is to protect us from the activities of the sun, and three is climate um, a global warming to try to reflect back out or keep whatever they have to do in control. Uh, They also think that it is probably by design easily also programmed or controlled by the heart machines because there are so many of them now all over the globe. I think last count, and I really haven't got there, were like 14 or 16 of these monster, I call them death machines all over the planet in different locations. So if you take and you think about all this as this huge global super program to do something, it would be to protect us somehow or try to prevent a global weather um, catastrophe from happening. Of course, you know, um, there was also theories that as you advance as a civilization, the first thing you do is control your weather, and that's where we're heading and that's what we're doing but it would be a little nicer if it was done in an open, honest method so we knew what was coming and what was happening. Exactly. But when I was a young kid, I'm much, much older than any of you, and I went outside, the sky was beautiful. It was blue. It had yeah. natural, natural clouds, and it was wonderful. So for someone in my age bracket, when we go outside and look up now, it's terrifying that is a, not a normal, natural sky. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's it's going to be very interesting to watch this play out. Of course, not many people care. And you can't get people who don't care to question or, or go after an answer for these things. They just accept it. And how you can walk outside and look like the sky uh, was thrown with, like, you know, pickup sticks. I don't even know if you know what they are. Uh, totally. Yeah. If you, or just you know a grid was completely just thrown into the sky. Yeah, just and lines up, all over the place. Right, right, and, and and perfect. Sometimes they look like you know a checkerboard or something. It, it it's n- unbelievable that people think that's normal or that's natural. And if I that's don't, the way I don't think, think a lot of
0: people even know, just notice or even know about you know
1: about the controversy. I, I did an experiment. <laughs> I was out and about with one of my my sons. And we were down at. The, I live on an island, so there's boardwalks and beaches, and they're crowded with people. And I was sitting, We were sitting on the bench, and the sky was just being dumped with these chemtrails, and they were making circles and designs, and it was wild. So I said to him, "I'm going to start pointing up. I want you to do it too, and just sit here and point up and see if they look up." And we stood <laughs> there for about an hour, pointing at the sky. And I think we got maybe out of hundreds of people that were on the boardwalk, maybe three to look up. Oh my so God. you're absolutely right. If it's not in front of their nose or in their handheld gadget, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, Chris, um, I want to ask you, how. can you tell us how your paranormal website was born?
1: Um, out of frustration, I... um wanted to start to write about I have had a very strange life and I wanted to start to write about some of it and the publishing book publishing business was is dead and it's still is pretty much dead uh, people were not able to get any books looked at or published and no one was accepting any kind of um, you know manuscripts or anything like that so I decided well I'll start a little blog and see what happens. And I opened and found it like kind of a fun hobby, and I liked, you know, the imaging and learning all that. So I taught myself to do that, and then I started to write about a few of my adventures, and I sent them out to other sites that I would read. I never thought they'd do anything with it. And they not only picked it up, but a few of them asked me to start writing for them. And as soon as they started to publish my work, other people would email me about what happened to them. Then I started to become known that not only would I write your story for you, but I would protect your identity, that I would never do anything to hurt another person or bring harm to their house or destroy their life or their privacy or jeopardize their job to make, you know, their, for myself or for my own good. And I, Definitely would never do that to anyone intentionally ever. So I was known that I would protect them, give them a different name, never give out a source's information or, or ID. And I was flooded with people, you know, writing to me, emailing me, and then when I put up a, a Skype number, calling me and telling me things that were going on. And the ones that I found interesting and believed that had truth to them. I would write about, and from there, I sent them out, and before I knew it, I was known all over, and I think the UFO Digest and a few other guys told me once I had millions of readers all over the world, which I wasn't even aware of, but now I I get a lot of hits myself, so I I understand that, and I get a lot of email and a lot of phone calls. Not Not all good, let me tell you. There are some I have to say. Wow, is that crazy? But you know, yeah. very interesting um stories and encounters of all kinds of paranormal things. Right. And and,
3: and you cover read- everything. You cover everything. But my um I've I was very interested particularly in the topic of alien abductions. What got you I feel like that's the main topic you cover on your website, is that right?
1: Well, it's the main, but it's not every kind of abduction. I'm extremely interested in what I call and refer to as real-time abduction, which means the person that is abducted is going about the business of their usual day or night, whatever it may be, fully awake, in the middle of doing whatever their routine is in life, when they are interfered with, taken, abducted, have lost time, and then returned, sometimes in a different place. Completely. Are you saying
0: unaware, unaware?
1: They are aware when it starts. Every abductee in the real-time abductee group that I am, I write about and I'm familiar with, they know when the situation starts. They either see the the light, a light, an orb, a ray, or an actual craft, and they know what's coming. And then they start to feel sick and and black out, and also. They know when they're being returned. They do have sketchy memory of what goes on in between or during that time, but very, very fleeting and very um, flashback type, nothing, you know, concrete that they're going to swear to, uh, you know, on their children's heads or anything like that. But they do have flashback memory and they are returned. They remember being returned. They remember coming to and looking around and, no, you know, maybe close to where they were when it first happened or perhaps 100 miles away. It can go either way. They all come back. They're sick. They're vomiting. Um, many have been harmed, hurt, burned, you know, physically, have some kind of damage. And that's the abdu- abductions that I write about the most.
3: Okay. We also learn on your blog um, that... Do you have a personal abduction story that something happened to you when you were uh, very young? Uh it was a very fascinating story. Will you mind sharing that with our listeners?
1: Oh no, I am I write my my last series of articles of uh, full articles were about real time abductees and it was a group that it took me many many years to put together of finding these people and knowing these people of uh, six real time abductees and I am one of them. And the reason that they allowed me to even write about them is because I was someone that had to endure the same type of things that they did. So um, I've had strange stories that I, not stories, strange encounters with things I could never understand since I've been a little child. And uh, mine started when I was a little kid and I was lost in the woods. I'm saying I was maybe just about four, so I was small. And my mother, unfortunately, misplaced me in the woods when she was out collecting pine cones or something at the time. Oh, my. And I can remember being gone. I was very small. And I can remember looking up at a ray and looking up at it as I could hear my mother screaming for me in the woods. And when she found me, she later admitted that my little outfit had been taken off. This is I've never mentioned this to anyone before. And I was only in my little bloomers or whatever you had on kids at those years and that age. Um, and that, you know, she took and brought me home and I was throwing up and sick for a couple of days. Mm. And that was, I would say, the start. It then progressed throughout my entire life where every so often... I had a terrible experience. I had a fully, full-blown queer remembrance when I was a 14, 13, 14, of being with a group of friends behind my junior high school um, on Long Island. And at that time, it was uh, not as built up as it is now. It was a small country town, with just like a Main Street. And the Main Street, at the end of it, had this junior high school. Past that was farmland and state and county parkland out to the ocean. And um, we were all at night behind the junior high school waiting to meet up with our friends. That's where you did that. You hung up out by the bleachers when a huge thing from the distance came down over the football field from the woods in the ocean area down across the school until we clearly saw. And it was my group of friends and I Older kids down the football field a little bit, and there were other people around. But there came this big flying, saucer, also this big flying unidentified craft. And it flew slowly down over the football field over our heads. Maybe, I don't know, two or three telephone poles over our heads. And it was incredible. And we just stood there scared, frightened to death all of us looking at this thing and it hovered over us and you could see uh it, it was like a gunmetal color and it had a thing on the top that was rotating that i can only describe it as a neon colored like gyroscope that was moving on the top of it oh, and through wow. the bank, banks of windows were what looked like human creatures just like they were Covered in a tight suit, perhaps. What? Like really, they and they were, were looking down on you. And they were looking down at us. How oh, many feet do you God. think? Pardon me.
0: How many feet do you think?
1: I would say three telephone poles. Wow, wow. that is close. Right? Did and you see?
0: Did you see facial structure or?
1: I couldn't, and <laughs> my friend next to me she waved, and I put my hand up too, like just. Up to, like, wave at them, but not waving, just my hand out. And the thing inside there, that that person or being, was leaning forward, looking down at us, put his hand out or its limb out back.
0: Like he waved back.
1: Right. And that's all I remember of that. Then...
0: How many people were there,
3: you think?
1: On the football field?
0: Yeah. You said it was quite a few. I I read the article.
1: I was with three friends. And I guess there was maybe five or six down the way.
0: And they all it was, saw it.
1: They all saw it. And what's very interesting is that the next thing I knew, the next thing I knew, I was turned around. In my mind, this is how it happened. Then I was now turned around facing the school and the road to run out into Main Street. And my friends and I were running from what was like a funnel of light, like almost like if a car headlights could funnel fan out so that you could see where you were going. And we were running from that to the main street all screaming. And I remember looking around and saying, there's more kids here or more people here running that were here with us before. So do you understand there were more people being released than went in with a, when we were standing there that were on the field before? Mm. Did not worry about it. I got down to the main street and my one friend, um, who wanted to be a nun her whole life, was totally panicked and ran towards the church that she was going. My other friend and I said, Let's go- we're getting home, go home. And we ran down into the neighborhood where the houses were to our houses. And, of course, when I got home, my mother was quite angry and my parents were very angry. They wanted to know where the hell were you because you were supposed to be home at, I don't remember what it was, 9 o'clock or something. We left, we had like from 6.30 to 9 or whatever it was to hang out. And it was after 10 at night. And I wow. said to her, what are you talking about? It's only 7 o'clock. I just met up with my friends now. So we lost about three hours of time. Um, I was ill. I was burned. I had a strange rash all of me. So did my one friend. Uh, our parents then listened to our story, and amazingly believed it hmm. and um my our parents tried to protect us and do what was right for us, but it was a time when that was not going to be we were i it was reported to the police, the police did admit to all the parents involved that there were sightings all over the town that night
2: there
0: were uh,
1: yeah, and that a little plane turned around and went and forced landed back where he had taken off because he had seen it and all kinds of things that then quickly just, this is up, this dissolved. My mother had called the air force base that was in the end of Long Island at the time. And I was visited because I had to stay home from school. I was that ill for days. Um, why some type of general or I don't even remember it because my mother's now gone. And, um, frightened the daylights out of my mother, visited her and asked to look at me. And I remember the man taking a sample of where my burn was and Mm -hmm. a blood sample and other strange things that my father was quite angry at my mother for allowing it to happen. And this
0: was shortly after the incident?
1: It was, it was the incident happened. I think it was a Saturday night. My mother called and spoke to everybody on Monday or Tuesday or Monday, I think they took me to the family doctor who just blew it off as kids doing something wrong and lying and being bad and, you know, gave me something for my stomach and sent me home. Um, I think it must have been Tuesday or Wednesday, a few days later, that the man from the Air Force showed up and questioned the daylights out of me and examined me, but was quite um, sharp and nasty to my mother, informing her that it would be best for everyone involved to just let it go and leave it alone.
0: What what, what was he... Do you remember what he was wearing?
1: Uh, He was in a uniform.
0: So it was like... Okay. Like army.
1: He wasn't like in uh, fatigues or anything like you see now. He was in full dress uniform with, you know, a full dress hat. Um, I was... A kid at the time I couldn't tell you and I was also very ill you have to remember while well, this was going on so that I remember don't remember too much more than that I do know that they spoke to my mother and then called and spoke to both of my parents and frightened them to the point my parents decided the best thing to do would be just to protect me watch me carefully and eventually uh, we moved from that area because it was a very bad place with a lot of bad things that happened there
0: did did um the other girls that you experienced this with did did your family and their families get together and talk about all this?
1: Yeah, yeah. The one girl, the highly religious girl, her mother just wouldn't cooperate with the other two two parent you know sets of parents. Uh, she wanted nothing to do with it. Forget about it. Pray, you know, this will it should never happen again. And that was it. That's that. She was just done. The other woman tried also to find someone to give some answers to or find some help and was also threatened. Her husband was unfortunately at the time at home dying from from cancer and she had like five children, one of which was the girl that this happened to me with. And she tried the same as my parents and came to the same conclusion. You know, we don't want trouble. We don't want to lose our jobs. We don't want to be ostracized we don't want our kids taken or anything so we just meaning taken away by another uh, 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 government source or something like that Uh, we don't want to be known as insane so let's just let this alone and not let the kids out at night it anymore you know alone it's dangerous we don't know what happened or what could happen to them again so it was a terrible experience it was the one I remember the clearest. And um, it was also the start of my being very ill. And mm. I have been ill all my life with different um, problems that have been the aftermath of these events.
3: So you continue having contacts after
1: that event? Yeah, I was taken then on and off again throughout my lifetime. And for me, they were, I would remember, oh God. You know, uh, it's coming again. I could see it would usually be for me a, a bright light and that would be it. That I'd be knocked out. I wouldn't remember what happened and mm. then be returned. I would be returned every time. I would be so ill. I would be vomiting and burned and covered in rash and, and just really, really, really sick. Wouldn't be Where would
0: you be returned? Time. Do do you know where you'd be you returned?
1: Well, yeah, one time I was returned, I was, my family was out looking for me, and this was when I was about about 15, and I was not supposed to ever walk home alone in dark, I never was supposed to do that stuff anymore. One time I was going to walk from my girlfriend's house to my house, it was like two blocks, and I left, and I remember it was freezing cold and it was during the time the beatles were very popular and i had on this funny little fake leather jacket and a fake leather beatles cap and um fish uh, fishnet stockings at the time with some kind of weird skirt we were all wearing at the time and i was freezing because it was very very cold it was at the end of november and I was shaking, trying to walk as fast as I could, half run home from my friend's house to my house. And the light hit me. I was approaching a a, a turn in the road to go down my last block to my house. And I felt the light hit me, and I thought, oh, this, this can't be. And the next thing I know, I woke up at the, I don't know, 500 feet from where I was at that time just walking and my parents came up and said this, what, what, how'd you get here? We just drove by here. You weren't here. How'd you get here? And they took me in the car and went home and they had been looking to me when they called my friend and found that i had left for about an hour and a half that I just was not where I was supposed to be. Oh
3: my gosh. And
1: uh, when we got home again I, I was would throw up through all this stuff. I no. was sick. I had a fever. I was had the runs. It was awful. And my mother pulled, and helping me take my clothes off, and pulled down these fishnet tights, pantyhose things that we would wear at the time. And the fishnet, the pattern of it had been burned onto my legs. Oh, so, wow. So that she had to pull it off and, like, pull it out of my skin. It was, oh. like, indented in. Oh, no. And I had that pattern on my legs for weeks and weeks and weeks. So whatever I went through, it kind of meshed the, those nylon, I don't even know what they were made out of, plastic at the time, whatever it was, into my skin. So <laughs> that that was also a, a bad event. And Do you
0: ever I, remember I, being like on a ship or seeing uh, anything?
1: I remember beings that are around that seem just to me to be some, either a machine or maybe it's a creature. I don't know, in in a suit, a, like a tight fitting deep sea, a deep yeah sea diver's suit type, but much mm-hmm. more refined that is completely covering whoever that is that's there. And I can remember what I think are other humans around. Now, whether they are there also against their will or part of it, I I don't know. That, That I remember. I don't remember anything being done to me, although afterwards, I would have very odd things happen to me. And also the one girl um, I was taken with also um, had the same type of things occur to her over the years after that initial sighting that was so clear. But what would happen is I would become very, very, very quick at like math or algebra or get 100 on all my regions when I would take them and And my IQ was building, and the school caught that with me and with her. And they kept having the state test us, and there was a jump in our abilities at that time that really did not have an answer. That was very different. I come to find out that others like me that had these very similar experiences have had the same exact thing happen to them. Also, she and I both had children within six months of each other in our lifetimes, and both of those children have just about 200 IQs. Wow. Now, that, That's un, unusual. How old are they? They're, they're grown men now. Um,
0: what do they do, both of them?
1: I, I, I can't say. They're very successful, very highly educated Ivy League graduates with, you know, graduate degrees and extremely mm-hmm. successful men. So if that was the only good thing that came out of this, that did happen. Um, they're also extremely physically fit and unusual. So in, you're saying in, in, maybe in, hybrids? No. No, I just think that they were product of whatever we, was done to us. And that could have just been something was Opened up or released in us that maybe would like,
3: they, yeah, that like uh, genetically
1: right, um, exactly. yeah, enhanced yeah. would be the right, word,
3: right?
1: Enhanced that, um, and it that could have been done purposely without question, but it, it did happen. Uh, Chris, have you ever considered going under hypnosis? Never, wouldn't allow it, think it's the most insane thing. I've ever heard in my entire life, for anyone who's been abducted, who has problems memorizing, uh, memorizing, remembering, excuse me, any of it, or has lost time, I think the worst possible thing they could do to themselves, and possibly those around them, would be to be hypnotized. I find it an insulting idea, and I am not alone every real-time abductee or person I have dealt with who I believe has truly had a unique experience believes exactly as I do. It's ridiculous.
0: So you mean believe whatever happened? You don't need to dig further?
1: No, that's not it at all. I had my memory removed of hours of my life after a lifetime of doing this. I can't remember what was done to me. It was removed. I also have periods of my life that they must have gotten a little sloppy where I can't remember being 15 when my my family figured that out because they mentioned something that happened when I was 15 like in the family and I would say what are you talking about are you out of your mind came to realize I have no recall of being 15 I remember everything else just not being 15 um, that's not unusual with people who've had their let's face it, their brains played with. Now, if you're dealing with a an ability by an advanced technology, regardless of who that it might be, alien, dimensional, advanced humans, um, of uh, 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 advanced super race on, on the world as we know it, who, who knows who's doing this to us? If they have that ability, right, they're pretty good. And they went in and they really altered our minds. If they made us quicker in math and science and our own abilities and increased our IQ points. They know what they're doing when they're in our minds. The last thing I want, and sorry if this is insulting, is a typical human who thinks they learned hypnosis to the best, in my mind, messing around with what they have no idea of. They have no idea what was done to me. They have no idea what it might open. it may they have no idea what they could maybe make me become. They may have no idea what it may make me do or be able to do, and it's the last thing on earth I would ever let anybody do is hypnotize me
3: that's now, interesting. It's a very interesting um
1: and, and it's not me it's the it, I have talked with and interviewed. Many people who I am not able to write about because they refuse it. And the main reason is they are horrified. Somebody might try to do that with them against their will or, you know, uh, speak them and do that. What if I remembered something that was so horrifying or so painful that I went berserk and lost my mind completely?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: What if they opened up a skill in me that I was able to destroy everybody sitting in the room with me? They don't consider these things. They don't have any idea of the abilities of the people or the machines or the the technology that is able to take people so, care. you know, without a problem.
0: Chris, when was the last time that this happened to you?
1: Me? That you Um, you can recall. No, I'm very fortunate. In fact, I was all full of myself, I thought. Uh, in my late 40s. I thought, this is it. I'm going into menopause. I'm done. They're not going <laughs> to want anything to do with me. <laughs> so the rest of the group was also aging, and they were like, yippee, we're out of here. We don't have to deal with this again. That's the okay. last.
0: And, and you're saying the group. is it, This is the group that you formed, right?
1: That I formed, but other also um, abductees that would not be in my group out of fear.
0: What about the girls from the first time? Have you have you kept in touch with them? Have they had incidents since?
1: The one has nothing. The one that was extremely religious, nothing ever again. Second one had a lot of problems with her very smart son. I fear for them that this continued so strongly that she decided it would be best for us to not have contact. And I have to tell you that I was very fond of this woman, and this was a very big hardship for me. I, I I regret it, but I have to respect it. And she cut off all contact. She told me I was insane to do what I'm doing, to talk about it, and that really, you know, put the, the, the topper on, on the grave of our relationship. But um, if that answers that question, but let me get back to tell you this. We were all so happy. We thought we could connect our, you know, lifetime of fertility to these events, and now that that was over for us, We're free. And we were all sailing along, you know, that's the last pail of vomit I'm ever going to deal with and all this. And two of, um, one of our members who's in her 70s went on vacation last summer with her husband. And they had an abduction experience. And let me tell you, it really took the wind out of our sails. So I haven't had one again, but they're still happening to some of them.
3: So it has necessarily nothing to do with aging and
1: Right. Unfortunately.
3: So do you see this experience as I mean it might be a stupid question for you, but do you see this experiences as something positive or negative?
1: Absolutely negative. Okay. I've had to live my life as a, a you know a regular woman in this world which means I had to provide income and a home and raise a family and deal with every situation everybody else does in their lifetime and carry this burden of being taken against my will, kidnapped, abused, made sick, altered, and nobody cares. You have no companionship with this. You have nothing. If you're lucky, you have an understanding family that tries to, protect you and, and, and stop this from happening. Not mm-hmm. everybody has that so that I had no one that I could go to and say, you know, I'm being taken and hurt and nobody will even, you know, help me or look into it. They laugh at me or ridicule me. I can't tell, say it around where I, I work because they'll all think I'm crazy. And, you know, I'd be, could be dismissed and I can't do that. I have a family to support. And, um, I was ill. I was terribly ill. And if you think you could walk into any medical doctor's office and say to them, by the way, you know, I was taken by this these things. I don't know what they are. And they do all this stuff to me, and I come back, and I'm sick. And look at this. The skin's falling off my leg, and I've been vomiting for three weeks. And they would think you were insane and put you in a mental, mental institution. That's what they would yeah. do. So so you can never get medical help. You can go in and say, oh, God, I got this thing on my leg. I don't know what it is. And they'll try to help you with it. And if they can't cure it, they then get very frustrated and kind of lose interest. So you carry that burden and that hardship and that pain and that sickness on top of trying to live a regular life. So um, I wish I could have had nothing to do with it. I wish it never happened to me. I dread the day that I got dragged into this. And um, I really mean that. The only benefit was I was able to quickly educate myself and find ways to provide income for my family possibly easier than other people, as do all the other um, abductees I've talked to. That's the only benefit. Right. What, What do you think is the
3: reason for this abduction? What is your personal opinion?
1: Well, there's a lot of them, and that's a lot of arguing between the people that belong to my little group. And uh, the opinions are, you know, a few. There are similarities between us all. We all are of some type of Irish descent. We all are like fair-skinned, and most of us are light-eyed except one who's hazel-eyed. There are mostly blondes or redheads or degrees of redheads among us. Um, That's all similar. All but two have RH negative blood. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of the other things that are similar. We think it has nothing to do with us personally that our particular group, we think there's other kinds of abductions. We think there's people that are just abducted because it was convenient, and they may not be being taken by the same group or, or beings that have taken us. They may just be a whole different scenario from another place in time or all another thing that just take people because they were walking down the street in an easy grab. I do think that happens. But in our case, where it was continuous throughout our life, we pretty much understand it has nothing to do with us personally other than our DNA or biological makeup. Mm. And that this probably has been going on in our family lines for many, many moons that somewhere... Somewhere along the line, we were tagged as a biological group to follow. And by I say, when we say tagged, meaning real-time abductors, we don't mean that we have a little piece of metal shoved somewhere on, under the skin. We mean every cell in our body, our actual atoms and cells and molecules. We are the tag. Oh, wow. So they were very easy to cook onto and find. How so many people
0: want... are in the group, Chris?
1: There's, there's, there started out with 12. I only write about six.
0: And how often do you guys meet up?
1: We don't anymore. We stopped it at the last article I wrote all about that. We um, met for a year. Uh, met face-to-face, you know, would go someplace and spend time together and talk for a year. Before that, I was on an email or phone basis with many of them. And that's how we got whittled down to who would be in the actual physical one-on-one group. Either the people were too far away or too frightened. And um,
0: Do you find down. most of the stories similar or different?
1: In our group, very similar. It's very simple. We were out going about our day, either washing the car or walking the dog or going to work. And the next thing we knew, the second we were in a spot that was easy and quick for them to do it, we were gone. Came back and about an hour and a half to three hours later is the time span all on our knees, throwing up in a puddle, stand up, look around, figure out where we are, and go about our day. Everybody has physical ailments. Some are so bad. We have one member dying now, his oh. his intestinal tract. Nobody has ever had an anal probe, by the way. We think that's hilarious. We've had much worse. We've oh. had actual um, damage made probably not by probing, but probably by, I would say, uh, X-raying or whatever they use to probably just look through to see, like we use X-rays. Uh, we have tremendous amounts of unexplained scar tissue, missing organs, things like that. That it's very strange. Um, oh, wow. ma- massive, massive amounts of bleeding. You know that uh, the females couldn't stop for months, sometimes at a time. Things like that. Um, one guy, he was just burned out. His stomach and everything. I, I don't know what they did to him. But he's only in his late 40s. He has the body of like a 90-year-old, and he's a mess. His bones have de- disintegrated, and he didn't transport well.
0: Um, for for people like yourself, um, if you had like a – that maybe haven't talked or said anything or come out with their story, what kind of message would you send them right now?
1: Um, You'd be very surprised at what I'm going to say. I spent, I gave myself, you know, took this hobby on. I was going to see what happened if I wrote about it. Once I wrote about it and I became sort of popular and well-known, I gave myself then so much time. For me, it was about three or four years. If I could make a difference in the paranormal to help those like me and get away from the party hearty, aint ain't-this-fun, ha-ha-ha view of the paranormal so that some real research and help could be found and understanding so we know, come on, we're not going to get out of the dark ages unless we open our eyes and expand to the fact that we know very little about the unknown. If I could make a difference there, I would continue on, and if not, I would move on to something else. Well, I'm at that four-year point, And sadly, or for me, it's time, I'm moving on to something else. I am going to write, I'm going to write books and um, do it at my speed and say what I have to say and people can buy them or not. That's up to them. But with the world now, with um, all the Kindle type situations where you can publish, I'm going to do it. So that's one thing. What I would say to someone that's truly having these experiences, not having dreams in a little white nighty, that lovely beings are coming through the wall, making mad love to you, and telling you the meaning of the universe so that when you wake up, you have that memory. I don't want to know you because I don't believe you, and that's a horrible thing to say. But if you're a poor SLB out there trying to fight your way through life, and you are being abused and kidnapped and taken and thrown back like a dog i can only tell you don't go and get involved in the fakery and mushmash of the paranormal as it stands I'm not going to get any help what you have to do is focus on your family and your friends you have to form a protective ring around you You cannot be alone where you're an easy snatch. You have to have lights all around where you live. You have to have alarms on your house. You should have a dog that barks loud. And you have to have people that care about you. So, because there is definitely safety in numbers. And if I'm with two of my six-foot-five brothers walking down the street, I guarantee you I'm not going to be taken as easily as if it's just me. And, um, that would be my advice. Protect yourself. Look out for yourself. Make your family protect you, your loved ones, your friends, and concentrate on that. Because you're not going to find help the way it is now. Chris,
3: have you heard about Michael Menken's uh, helmets that he's making to prevent uh, abductions?
1: <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> no. You... Yeah, no. Uh, we actually had him as a guest. And he lives in Washington. He actually makes helmets to prevent people actually wear them. And, and he says that these helmets, it's, it's a, a fabric or material that he makes the helmets of. And he's saying when you wear then they won't be able to, to paralyze you and, and you know use telepathy as a form of control. And it's actually, he states that he has helped people to uh, uh, prevent them from abduct, um, getting abducted. You haven't heard. You haven't heard from him.
1: I, I haven't heard. I don't pay my. I used to read everything all the time, but mm-hmm. then as I educated myself to the level and the you know amount of fraud and fakeries and fake YouTubes and fake yeah. photos and
2: mm-hmm.
1: ridiculous stories and everything, right. I, I removed myself. But look at if this man thinks that works, and maybe he has the ability to. I don't know what this substance is made of, that he can do this, that he can counteract. Uh, uh, a technical uh, being so advanced, but who knows? Maybe he can do it. If he did, tell them to wear it. If it will protect them, put the damn thing on.
2: You know, <laughs> can't hurt
1: them. Can't hurt them. But lights and um, being around people help the most. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it because I've heard and and I've been witnessed to um, an attempted. Abduction, where I saw the light coming at me, and my family threw on. We had big lights installed, almost like a baseball field, really ridiculous, where I where I live, and came running out, and the light just blinked out. So I feel that that saved me that time, and I've heard other abductees tell me the same the same exact thing. Do not, you know, move out into the country where we're all alone on a farm and be safe. Oh boy. I had an abductee who was being, oh, my God, he was being brutalized. He was, like, being beaten up all the time. He wasn't internally being hurt as much as he was being, like, beaten up. He'd come back and it looked like someone took a bat to him. And he just couldn't take it anymore. And it was humiliating and dehumanizing. And he lived, he thought he was doing the right thing. He lived in upstate New York. And he said, I I said to myself, am I out of my mind? He sold his house. He bought an apartment in the city in the most crowded area he could get on a low floor so that it would be in the middle of the building, not at the top, right, <laughs> where it would be very hard to get at him. And he only, you know, went out during the workday and he got a job in the city and he made sure he was home or with people when he was out at night. He would never be, you know, by himself. He never had another abduction. Oh, and wow. I really praise him because that was brilliant thinking Mm-hmm. And very brave to pick up his whole life and do that, but he did it. And Chris, um
0: Chris, yeah. what's going on out there? What do you think? What's going on? What's going on in the world? What what what's what's happening here on Earth with with extraterrestrials?
1: Um I I don't know if it's all one thing. I think we're missing most of it, but just so dumbed down and controlled, and we are controlled by our technology. We are, like, dumb, numb, and attached to our gadgets. Did you ever go out in the world and look around? Did you look at young people out on a date? they both looking at their hand-held gadget and not each other. I'm surprised they ever, like, you know, there's ever going to be any babies born in the future. <laughs> there's no connection. <laughs> you know, when we were young that's not what we wanted to do when we were alone. But um, <laughs> it's, it's I think that that's part of it, is that we're being controlled by our technology. I try to tell this to people all the time. Uh, the thing you're holding in your hand that you can't turn off and can't put down, you have no idea what's coming through that and what's programming you through that. And, oh, I don't believe that. You don't know
3: yeah i want I want to add real quick before we go we have about twelve minutes left but um I also wrote, read an article that you wrote about a lady that you interviewed, and she mentioned at the end of the interview that people had no idea about what what the reality of abductions were, and she said that they had nothing to do with aliens from another planet
1: right she thinks yeah <laughs> um that's what i was where I was going to go with this. They, she doesn't think it's aliens from another planet. She doesn't know if it's not us from the future. She is not sure if it's not dimensional, something from mm-hmm. another dimension that lives with us all the time that's crossing over
2: to use uh-huh. us for
1: some reason. She doesn't know if it's not another universe bumping in and coming in and taking us or us from a different form. You know how they say like a proton does everything it can do and will do? That that our life force is very similar to that, and everything that we can do, we do can can do, we will do. Meaning, we have all these multiple lives going on in different areas, and that's not coming back and forth. I mean, really out there stuff. This woman is very smart, though, mm-hmm. and um, she also feels that it could be a super use super race of uh, humans that are either here or someplace close or interior of our earth or something that come out and use us because we are primitive material for them that to use for whatever they need. Mm, She also has a very small portion of thinking that it's work. It's something to do with the military and that this, this, this myth of, you know, it being an alien from another planet works well for them to take and, alter, destroy, use, abuse, kill, never return humans, animals, whatever. So all of it is horrible. There's nothing nice there for me to tell you. Mm-hmm. I would love to say it's a bunch of loving, kind beings from another planet that want to come and and really get to know us and build a campfire and we'll all roast marshmallows. <laughs> but that is not what I think. I think like it's like a movie most- Paul. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. Or
1: I do. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched those movies. But, um, Bagels
0: and coffee. Yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> but unfortunately, I also think some of that's being fed to us, so we actually believe that. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're all here to, to to really harm us. I think a lot of it's just curiosity. Whatever those beings are. Uh, well, what do you think
0: about twenty twelve? This is the year that supposedly something's gonna, you know, happen and or change for us. Uh what well, do you
1: I, I think on December twenty first of twenty twelve we're all gonna be wrapping Christmas presents and fighting with our relatives. But um I think twenty twelve is now definitely has us both feet in a time, an era in history we're gonna see a lot of natural, uh unpleasant disasters on this earth happen. And that could be why all the chemtrails are being laid down. It could be a time where they know we're going to have some massive major earth catastrophes.
0: So you're saying maybe the chemtrails are like a buildup?
1: I think they're a protection. They're They're a protection that hurts a lot of people because it's chemicals they're dumping. And if you are not doing well with the type of stuff that they're dumping, oh, well, you're just a handful of people. If it saves, you know, a few million others, you know, you, you're worth the price. But yeah. um, I, okay. I think it has to do with the sun, basically. That's I, I, one of my feelings that we're uh-huh. going to be hit with a disaster.
3: Oh, let, well, let's hope for the best. Um, I, I think I have a caller. Uh, on the hold, has been waiting for a while. The area code, uh, eight oh four. Are uh, you on the air? Do you have a question?
2: Yes, um uh, I wanted to know if uh, Chris is familiar with uh, Janet Russell.
1: Oh, uh, yes, on Long Island, the psychic? Yes. Uh, yes, I I actually had a reading for her one from her years and years and years ago.
2: Yes, I uh, I know her uh and I was wondering you say you're giving up on the Paranormal, as far as the research, I do have a Catholic Orthodox priest that I'm interacting with that is going very deep in the Paranormal and doing it the legitimate way and he you know is has a team gear he's forming, and they're really trying to show all the stuff that you're talking about that's ridiculous to bring it to light and to really. Investigate it properly. Would you be interested in him?
1: Oh yes. Tell, ask him to either call me or you call me. My number's on my site and and my email. I could find and, a
2: number on your site.
1: Well, I'll give it to you right now. Can you take it? Uh, anyone else? Yeah,
2: in just a second, if I may. And uh, <laughs> also, uh, I've had personally uh, UFO, paranormal, and near-death experiences, and. I have a a heightened awareness. I don't know if you were covering some of that. Uh, And I have some very, very fantastic things that are just starting to be picked up on. Uh, Do
1: you you live on Long Island?
2: I used to. I'm from Long Island.
1: Well, Long Island is a very heavily um, UFO, you know, alien abductee area. And yes, I know so that. And right.
2: You have the Montauk project and everything, too. But mine was in Brewster, New York. Are you familiar with the Hudson Valley settings back in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I had one come right over me.
1: Yeah, I'm from I, Danbury,
2: so, yeah.
1: Connecticut. Yeah, that, that's what it
2: was. Oh. I was actually working at Union Carbides World Headquarters. Oh, my God, my dad
0: up. did, too.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, I was a Kate- security
2: officer. I was working the... Eleven to seven shift, and this thing came right over the main gate, uh, over treetop level. It was as big as a football field, a triangular shape, uh, almost completely silent. And uh, I actually felt sort of euphoric and waved at it. And uh, I had a you know a lot of interesting things happen after that experience. And I feel that I did have a heightened awareness as a result of it. I, I really get a lot of down. Loads of information. I, I think that people are abducted as they sleep every night. A lot, millions of people. Uh, do you ever just
1: know things?
2: Yes. Well, yeah, so I have a lot of synchronicities. Uh, that's do you,
1: well. You know, a lot of abductees have a very common thing. They'll be talking to somebody, and you'll just know just about everything about them. You don't want to. It's not something like I enjoy. I could care less. Most of the time, I'll be honest. I'm not going to lie. It's the way I am. It is it, right. just overpowering, though, and you know all these things. you will also have a built in radar when someone starts telling you things that's happened to them uh just the way they talk to you, or if you can look at them, you know immediately whether it's made up or true or they just need attention you know and right. so, there's a lot of very sad, lonely, lost people out there that use this subject matter for attention or fame or Hoping they're gonna you know make money, which does not happen, none of those things actually really happen um so uh, but if you feel that uh you need to talk to me or or yeah, email I'd me. Like I'd like to
2: speak with you sure if you, I, I'm right. ready to take your number or...
1: okay, it's six three one
2: eight eight eight,
1: 8 seven'm
2: sorry six three one
1: yeah eight eight seven
2: all right
1: four eight one eight
2: all right. all right, y'all. We're, we're about to wrap uh, it off with you too. Uh, the church I was married in in Bayside, New York, in Queens, uh, there's a site. The letters S M like Mary W A dot org, and they have miraculous photos on there that uh, have all kinds of things that are unexplained. Whenever they take uh, pictures at vigils and stuff, there was a seer by the name of Veronica Luke and. Uh, back in 1970, that was having visions of the Blessed Mother Jesus that's- and the angels and saints.
1: You it's kids should ex- look into this.
3: I'm sorry?
1: If that's something that you kids should look into. That might be something very interesting that nobody else has.
3: Yeah, you should so email me, sir. Uh, like you should send me an email, uh, uh, right. Um We're running out of time. We have two minutes left. So can you please uh, tell the audience about your website, Chris, so they can oh, read so- articles?
1: Very easy. Chris Holly's Paranormal World. Do a search anywhere. It pops right up.
3: Yeah, it does. You're actually the first one on Google. <laughs>
0: hey, for for you guys in Long Island, I just have a quick question. Amityville, real, not?
1: Not. <laughs> <laughs> and Danbury, Connecticut, some of the best UFO sightings came out of West Haven. People Is that right? Over there, yeah, oh, t- terrifying stuff. Those poor people. Okay, so that's a I'll look little, into uh, that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for accepting this interview tonight and sharing this um experiences with us. It's been amazing.
1: Well, I hope I didn't frighten anybody or upset anybody, but it's time everybody, you got to wake up and smell the coffee. This stuff is happening.
3: Mhm. Yeah, that's right. So, and, and that's the best way to put it. Wake
1: up, people.
0: And I love how you say coffee. Can you say coffee again?
1: Sure, coffee. All right. Well, <laughs> and I'm a Giants fan, too. Go Giants. Yeah, go Big Blue. And I, hey. and I had a lot of coffee that day. That's right. My wife baby <laughs> snake. She's
0: a Giants fan. Say hey.
1: Hey. <laughs> yeah. We're all happy here. All right. Well, thank you, guys. I enjoyed it.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone, who listened tonight. You don't want to miss next week's show, Channeling Light Beans Part 2. And please remember, we are not experts, just big paranormal fans. Be skeptical, but be open minded, too. And let's continue the search for answers. Good night, everyone. Oh, yeah, that's it for tonight.
0: The Veranormal Show. Little Mitch, Marfa Man. Vera Martinez, we're out.